Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. Welcome to a quote-unquote breaking news episode because we now have info to the Polestar 3 which a lot of people have been looking forward to. And I am joined by our very own Max Patton. How are you doing, Max? Doing well, Jordan. Thanks for having me on. And it's exciting because Polestar basically just dropped all the specs and juicy details of the three, which won't be coming out for a bit, but we now know kind of everything about it with the specs. Awesome. So yeah, we're just going to jump right in and dive into all the specs we know, photos, everything, and hopefully we come up with questions through it. Um, but if you, the audience, have any questions, throw those in the comments below because that's where we'll be hanging out and that's where we can hopefully either answer questions or figure out what we don't yet know. So jumping right in, and by the way, for our visual listeners, well, yeah, we have, we have YouTube and podcast platforms. For our YouTube guests, you'll be lucky because you'll be watching along here is the Polestar 3 website, um, which I guess I will start right off with a really quick rant. This is kind of tangent, but I don't love this design of site that like adjusts dynamically as you scroll. I mean, it's really cool. It's phenomenal technology, um, but it's like kind of like the Mac Pro trash can computer that Apple put out in 2013, where the site was just really glitchy and annoying to use. Sometimes it works, but... This is how you can scroll through and see everything we know. So what do you think, Max? What do we know? What do we start with? The design? What do you think? First glance, how does it look? Uh, it looks nice. We've kind of seen it for a while. First, they had the precept concept they've teased, and then they've been teasing over the last few months what the 3 is going to look like. And if I can have my own little mini rant, calling this Polestar 3, I know why they're doing it. They had Polestar 1, their hybrid supercar. They had Polestar 2, their... Uh, sedan now they have polestar 3 because it's, it's the third one they've made it makes no sense because we know that polestar <laughs> 4 i believe is going to be a coupe and then polestar 5 goes back to being an suv it, or, or i have a 
backwards, but basically it makes no sense. The number is just the iteration they're on for releasing the vehicle. And that's one thing if you're versioning a tech product, but when you're modeling a car, I feel like it should have a better name, but Polestar yeah. 3 is what it is. What do they do with future models of the Polestar 3? What do they call Polestar it? Polestar 3 plus 2.0. <laughs> Maybe they'll just 1. do model years. I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. They put themselves in a dilemma. But um, it's basically, a, I would say, like Cadillac Lyric-sized SUV, but it's priced more like a Tesla Model X. And if you look at, uh, we'll, get, we'll get into these nerdy details, but basically uh, they've kind of gone pretty wild on the performance side of it. Uh, and that's why I mentioned Model X, because right, that's one of the fastest electric SUVs out there. So it seems like they're not competing so much of like the Mercedes EQS SUV, which is a beast off-road, or the Lyric, which is luxurious and actually a little bit cheaper, but they're instead trying to, just be very, very sporty with this one. Yeah. And it is an interesting size because it does seem to be a little bit smaller than the X, like you said. But that's, I guess we'll start with kind of the elephant in the room. The pricing is now public at starting at $83,900. So this is no entry-level CUV, not even fringe entry-level. I mean, no. most CUVs that we've compared recently in our out-of-spec reviews videos have been ones that are all in the forty to fifty, maybe sixty thousand dollar range. This one starts above eighty and goes up from there. Yeah, so maybe you could say I don't know the exact dimensions, but it, it seems Model Y proportions, but Model X level of drivetrain and performance, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what else do we know? I guess I'll switch to the features tab because this is a little bit easier to navigate on their website, but. I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll touch on the styling really quick. It looks fantastic. That's one thing Polestar and Volvo both have nailed and even some of their other partnership brands um, like Lincoln Co. All kind of the same design language, the Thor's hammer headlights and everything. And just looks fantastic. A little bit of the coupe-like CUV, but it seems like stretched nicely. Like the C40 just looks a little awkward. Um, because it's like a little bit stubby, I guess. This one seems to be a bit longer. And mm -hmm. as they say, sophisticated presence. And then, But they're preserving some interior space. You can kind of see from that side profile, there still is. It's not a full sport back, I would mm -hmm. say. Like there is kind of some straightness to the uh, trunk component. So should offer some practicality there. Yeah, the lighting signatures are stunning on both front and rear, which is not always the case. And true to Polestar, they're colored list is amazing magnesium snow jupiter midnight thunder space yeah it's a good it's tasteful good very muted <laughs> if you're like the kind of person who wants your specked out porsche or lambo in purple or something this is not the color picker for you yeah. but i think it's super yeah i kind of i agree with you jordan like every single color they have i think it's just a really nice looking option and then I'll touch on aerodynamics because they actually have an interesting use case of like a front spoiler, for lack of a better term. I don't know what they call it. The front arrow ring, arrow wing. Um, that's interesting. I haven't really seen that very much. Um, we've seen similar things on the like the back of an I-Pace where the rear of an I-Pace doesn't actually have a rear wiper because they say, oh, the wing captures the wind, pushes it, all the rain off the window. But that's really not very useful. We'll see if this really helps. I, I don't know how to really test it, but it's they're saying cool. 0.29 drag coefficient. The frontal area is not that big either because it's a low riding SUV. So mm -hmm. should be pretty aerodynamic. And on that topic, we've got the door handles. 
<laughs> the the classic flush uh and then they extend so another thing that can break or maybe it'll be a really good use case but i just with model s door handles and ipace door handles there's a lot of extending door handles that are frustrating to use uh we'll see if these actually work better only time will tell yeah, they're that hinge style though, right? The Tesla ones are the ones where they like push out of the car. Yeah. So I think the hinge style mechanically seems like it could be more durable, but like we'll have to see. Rear light bar looks fantastic. Um, Polestar just always had great design. I don't know how I feel about the frameless mirrors. We saw this on um, the Volvo C40 or no, the Polestar 2. Yeah, Polestar 2 has the frameless mirrors. So same type of thing with this one, which I guess does improve efficiency. I don't know what I think about it. I think it just looks cool mainly. (laughs) (laughs) And because in the U S we don't have the regulations for those cool camera mirrors. It's kind of the best we can have right now. Yeah. And then wheels look good as per usual as well. We got 22 inches, um, two different types that are 22 inch and then 21 inch as well. Um, the 21 inch are the standard. So the options are pretty simple here. You gave that starting price, right? $83,000. They're going to have plus, performance and uh pilot so plus being luxury features performance adding those 22 inch wheels among other things and then pilot being technology and uh driver assistance focused yeah so nerdy specs what are we looking at um oh, a lot as... of good stuff <laughs> <laughs> so i guess yeah first of all the the price we mentioned earlier about eighty four thousand more or less is just long range dual motor and then there's long range dual motor with performance pack, which gives a little bit of performance boost, not entirely all horsepower, but other things as well. Cause it's really not much of a power gain. Um, but looking at the motor itself, um, you say there are permanent magnet motors. Explain that. Yeah. So they're situation. permanent magnet synchronous motors, which are very popular with everyone who isn't Tesla these days, basically BMW is doing it. Mercedes is doing it. Um, just fair, I think, uh, Genesis and, you know, Kia and Hyundai are doing it. Uh, so that basically allows it to run more, um, basically be more efficient in some ways, but it does have to decouple the rear motor. So they say this will be a rear bias performance SUV, which it, I guess will be, but they've also interestingly enough mentioned that it will decouple the rear motor and just use the front motor for efficiency uh, when you don't need to engage both. So that's kind of interesting. I, I feel like if you look at right, like ID four and obviously, you know, way cheaper EVs, but, or like Ionic five, right. Those are all rear wheel drive based platforms. Not only are their rear bias, but if they only use one axle, it's going to be the rear. So interesting that they're sticking with that kind of front wheel drive approach. Yeah, I've never seen that approach before. So that's entirely different. But Polestar 2 does it work. with a lot less power, but that's because we know that Polestar 2 is um, SPA2. It's their compact architecture that shares is shared yeah. with their gas stuff. This is supposedly a more kind of bespoke platform. So it's interesting they made that decision. I think it has to do with traction. And uh, they say the regenerative braking is more efficient because you have more of your braking force in the front axle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So as far as power goes, 360 kilowatt, if you have long range dual motor, and then that's up to 380 kilowatt. Um, for those interested in horsepower comparison, that's 489 horsepower and 517 horsepower respectively. And then torque also sees a bump, 620 pound-feet as standard, 671 pound-feet with a performance pack. That's great torque, but that's also no surprise because electric. Um, and then we have 
The zero to 60 times are interesting because it is pitched as performance and these don't seem super performancey. I mean, they do undercut many EVs out there, but also there's a lot of EVs that are just quicker than this, simply put. I mean, the fact that you can get an Ionic 5 for way cheaper that does the same, actually a little bit faster, 0 to 60 is kind of interesting. Yeah. Or a Genesis GV60 uh, if you want to compete more in that luxury realm. So maybe they're very conservative numbers. Who knows? Because it seems like, right, you gave those horsepower numbers. They're pretty high, especially if you get the performance pack, which really just seems to be tuning the motors. I don't think they're using stronger motors. It's marginal gains. You yeah. get the 22-inch wheels, Pirelli tires, uh, with the tuned motors, and then they're tuning the air suspension, which is standard, by the way, for more performance. So I think it's largely a cosmetic and like bragging upgrade, as you can see from those zero to 60 numbers. <laughs> it's not a huge increase. So yeah, you know. for, for context, I should point out the, the Model Y, which is, let's see, do they say the curb weight of this thing? I don't think they do yet. Um, but Model Y is less horsepower um, even the performance model Y is less mm-hmm. horsepower, but still quicker. So and the then... curb weight is uh, 5,700 pounds in the lightest spec and almost oh, wow. 5,900 pounds in the heaviest spec. Yeah, so it really is more of a Model X competitor, I think. Yeah, and I think that might be down to maybe there are some more carryover uh, components than we think. Maybe they haven't. I mean, obviously, Tesla built Model Y and Model X from the ground up to be mm-hmm. uh, super light. Uh, Laric, which isn't performancey, but if we're looking at another kind of you know luxury uh, CUV, that also has uh, Ultium and it's ground up, right? So this yeah. may, I don't know, parts of this product feel like they're ground up and parts of it feel like maybe they're not. Uh, yeah. That curb weight is up there. Yeah, so it's spitting distance from the Model X curb weight of 5,600 pounds, uh, but the Model X is quite a bit quicker, it seems. So, and has more, I think, cargo capacity. More cargo capacity and a third row as an option, which I don't think the Polestar 3 is pitching that. Um, also interesting is the you know, the top speed is 130. That's pretty standard. Range. So I guess we could talk range, batteries, all that together because um, the battery capacity is 111 kilowatt hours. Uh, that should be gross. From what we can tell, possibly 107 kilowatt hours usable. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what they're saying. So, you know, sizable battery, sizable battery. They're letting you use the vast majority of it. It's provided by CATL. No surprise. Um, Geely and the Chinese ownership with uh, Polestar. So, you know, seems pretty solid. That's a pretty a fair amount of battery size. But the fact that they're giving you Ionic 5 range tells you something about the efficiency, right? Because yeah. Ionic 5. Range numbers look similar, but that's a 77 kilowatt hour pack. So a lot yeah. more efficient. So this is saying 300 miles of range or 270 with a performance pack. Not leading range in any way, but also not bad. Like I think what we're realizing or what we hope people will continue to realize is range is just not critical, um, not as critical as charging speed and stuff. But on that note, we should mention charging speed, I guess as a side, 3,500 3, pounds towing. That's actually pretty solid. Um, that can tow a lot of things. Yeah, but, it's up there with like the e-tron. So pretty good for, you know, an electric SUV. But yeah, yeah, the charging, like you mentioned, that's, I think, another pitfall here. Potentially, it's a 400-volt architecture. So it's yeah. not 800-volt like some rivals, like anything that, uh, you know, Porsche is doing or um, Hyundai and Kia with eGMP. So they're saying 250 kilowatt peak charging rate. We don't know what that'll equate to to actual reality because that would indicate that it's 
um, higher amps than we've seen out of most EVs. So that, yeah, that's assuming 625 amps, which nothing, I mean, that's what's interesting is to our knowledge, most CCS um, systems will provide 500 amps. But then Mm -hmm. recently on another podcast, we talked about the Model S of our friend Ryan was charging He's charging his Model S Tesla at an Electrify America station, pulling 590 amps, which was crazy. So maybe it's more than we thought it was, or we already know it's more than we thought it was, but it is, yeah, a lot of amps needed to get the charging speed they're quoting, and also who knows how long it'll hold that. The Polestar 2 is not known to be a great charging monster in any way, but also not known to have great range. I just don't think that's... If you're... Obsession is range and charging. This is not the car for you. I think mm-hmm. this is the car for you if you care about other things, which we'll kind of talk about. Later. Yeah. A quick note, AC charging, 11 kilowatt hour, sorry, 11 kilowatt onboard peak AC charging. That's pretty standard. Nothing fancy like the 19 kilowatt stuff that GM is doing. But of course, you'd need a higher amperage uh, circuit set up in your house to actually take advantage of it. So not yeah it doesn't seem to be a charging leader kind of in the vein of Polestar 2 in that way that might be an issue i feel like with this battery capacity because it's a lot bigger than Polestar 2's battery yeah so charging at say a charge point with 6.5 kilowatts or so at a dinner stop is really not going to get you that much battery because you're just that's so so much more battery to charge so you may not replenish what you use to drive there uh it's just not that efficient but yeah. we'll do all this testing, of course, when we get the car. This is just kind of initial thoughts and configuration opinions and stuff like that. Um, tell us about the suspension and brakes and all that. Yeah, so this is where things start to kind of look up from the performance end of things. Suspension, standard dual chamber air suspension, which start talking about being able to refresh at like 500 hertz, basically, like very quickly, essentially 500 times a second. Uh and that's automatically going to lower at higher speeds to improve the aerodynamic drag. Uh, it's supposedly efficiency. It's a double wishbone set up in the front. Uh, and then it's also uh, dual clutch-based torque vectoring on the rear motor. So meaning that that rear motor can actually independently provide power to either wheel through that dual clutch setup. That's kind of out there. I don't think we've seen another uh, EV SUV that does that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so hopefully it is like a really good performance thing because in our some of our tests about uh, Polestar 2 versus some other CUVs, it was like pretty impressive from a performance perspective and it wasn't even necessarily marketed that way. Granted, it had the performance pack. But here's a few more of the dimensions and stuff. I mean, did we talk about, I guess, brakes? Is there like performance pack? Yeah, Brembo performance brakes on the performance pack, I think, or is that standard? Uh, they're, I don't think they're talking, they're talking about Swedish gold accents in the performance packs. It seems mm-hmm. like though you're just getting kind of standard four piston brakes. I'm yeah. assuming they're going to be well set up because like the Polestar 2 has good brakes uh, and this isn't anywhere near as fast as let's say a Plaid Model X or S. So yeah, probably won't be a huge issue. And then um, the regen is also pretty good. So I think the braking will be good. Also for you performance nerds, 50-50 weight distribution, according to Polestar. Nice. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Did, did they say the region, like, kilowatt peak power? I'm not seeing that trans- on their site. I'm just going off with Polestar yeah. 2. Um, oh, by the way, I just checked. So, yeah, Brembo, four piston on the front. You get a single piston, um, of course, disc on the rear. Yep. 
Makes sense. Yeah. But but you get Brembo's on all of them. You don't the yeah. performance pack doesn't get you better breaks mechanically. Yeah. So and then the I guess for those of you looking, the dimensions are yeah, it's sizable. It is it I have three or Y and X pulled up next to me just to compare. Um, you can't see that on this screen, but it, it is kind of sitting in between model Y and model X, um, which very long is wheelbase of though, what we expected, but yeah, the wheelbase is impressive. Actually the wheelbase is longer than model X, but the overall length is about six inches shorter. So it's yeah. Long wheelbase is great. I mean, that's probably why they're like, they're fitting the battery between the two motors, most likely that way goes um, into that kind of uh, coupe sedan look right it's not only lower it's literally a longer car than its competition in some ways yeah yeah so i don't know those are dimensions nothing i am though i've got to say with all the crazy stuff they're doing like the dual clutch um torque vectoring on the rear and the air suspension i'm kind of surprised not to see rear steering and the long wheelbase too yeah so yeah i wonder what the steering uh, circle is going to measure. That's something we really should measure on more cars because it's, it's amazing. I know people complain, complain about it, Ionic Five, <laughs> rightfully so, and that's not even as long of wheelbase as this. Uh, yeah, and you, we both drove right the EQE recently, yep. which happens to be, I think, an awesome car from a wheelbase perspective because, or from a turning radius point, because it's a short wheelbase and it had ten degrees of rear steer. Uh, it, it made so, it feel awesome in the city. Yeah, so maneuverable, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. What else is interesting about this thing? Uh, they really go into depths on the interior stuff, like the animal welfare materials and they brag about their Napa leather being chrome free. I didn't know there was chrome in leather, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> if you've been paying attention to either, uh, like Volvo or Polestar, they've been doing this kind of vegan interior, um, stuff for a while. So this seems to be a carryover of that, which is good. Uh, yeah. But they're kind of just bringing that in more of even more of an upmarket and luxury direction. And then obviously something that really attributes to someone's user experience is the screen responsiveness. And they made a point to mention that the computer is powered by NVIDIA. So maybe they're using like a, a decent NVIDIA trip with some future proofing in mind, because that's some of the issues is older cars, not that old, just like a few years old, their infotainment tends to slow down with time. Because new cars, the lightning have slow infotainment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's some the brand new cars. Or any, any Ford, scary. the Mach-E, more comparable <laughs> to this. A Mach-E GT. I'm sorry, I don't like the infotainment on that car. This is yeah. also running Android Automotive, which the Pulsar 2 has. What do you think of that, Jordan, in terms of like a tech perspective? Yeah, as a quote-unquote Apple elitist, I am all about Android Automotive. I think it works really well, and I have no issues with it as long as there's no like bloatware <laughs> like some Android phones have. Um, but it seems to work just fine. I have no issues with it. Um, the center screen, was that? um let's see what what is it portrait or landscape because that was my only issue with some of the other polestar stuff and even volvo for that matter let's see if we can get the interior on this lovely scrolling web page so we can uh, confirm yeah. but oh, it'll be 14 is sorry is the roof electrochromatic or is that just how they 
No, I think they just that's just it. the exterior lighting. That that's that will be it. on the upcoming super luxury Cadillac uh, mm. sedan. Not this yet, though. Okay, so it is a large kind of portrait oriented screen, kind of like the Maki floating there in the middle. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess it's fine. I guess we'll see. Like, there's only so mm. much speculation we can do at this point. And I think 14 inches, that's bigger in the portrait orientation than Polestar 2. So that oh, means, quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, and we haven't seen Android Automotive executed on that many cars aside from Volvo and Polestar. So I'm kind of curious to see how they make use of that extra space. Like, will you be able to have more things going on at the same time on screen? Like, that would be cool. Yeah, beautiful UI, beautiful steering wheel design. And then as you can tell in the middle there, the speaker sticking out of the dash indicating bowers and wilkins which is mm. fantastic That's i believe I that'll be an option excited. on the plus package uh yeah. and they say dolby atmos so home theater people oh, who love please, watching home yes. theaters in their car you got dolby atmos support or all the spatial audio music so to this point as of now the only car that supports dolby atmos is the lucid and i've not been that impressed with the lucid sound system it's fine okay. it just didn't wow me in any way so I am waiting for, well, so the first sound system that wowed me was the Volvo XC60 um, recharge mm-hmm. with the Bowers and Wilkins that we had testing last year. Mm-hmm. So I am beyond excited for this. Maybe now yeah. it's worth, I, I, I went into this podcast thinking, wow, this thing's overpriced. But now I'm like, oh, Bowers and Wilkins, take all my money. Now I kind of <laughs> wish they let you swivel that screen the way Tesla, right, has Netflix and games built into yeah. their entertainment. Like, Make the screen like HDR, make it like a great TV, right? And then let people just watch while they're waiting for their slow 400 volt charging. Yeah, that would be it, perfect. Make it rotate, make it OLED, and then charge as slow as you want because no one's going to care because they're yeah, be spitting pol- with whatever they're watching. <laughs> Pulsar, hire us as your consultants. We could have done this yeah. for you. <laughs> so here, yeah, here's the, the charging again. So it claims 10 to 80% in 30 minutes. That's really solid. And that's honestly all anyone does. Really solid, needs. but. 10 to um, 80% in 20 minutes on like a GV60. So Yeah. So it's it's not yeah, they're they're not really pushing the bar in any way, which is why this is kind of disappointing cuz um I guess to backtrack, is there a release date confirmed on this yet? Yeah, so it's going to be start shipping uh, as a 2024 model year in the third quarter of next year, 2023. Uh, But you're not even going to get the performance package until actual 2024. Uh, Wow. So we should hopefully see it, you know, near the end of 2023, but not for a bit. Yeah, that's so that's pretty disappointing that we're looking at a 400 volt architecture car this far in advance. <laughs> There's going to be like 8000 Ultium vehicles on the road by then. And then, of course, yep. all of the Hyundai, the EGMP stuff uh, and then uh, Volkswagen and Porsche being able to, you know, do 800 volt as well. Yeah. Or, or Audi. So like everyone's kind of going that direction. So kind of like to your point, it seems like by next year, it won't just be okay. It might kind of be behind the times. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. It's, it's, there's a lot of good things, but a lot of mediocre things. Um, by the way, 1,610 watts for the Bowers Wilkins 25 speakers. For those of you who care, for those of you. That's good power. <laughs> That's solid. Um, they're also bragging about their ADAS systems. Can't wait to test that out because that's something that really can be a make or break situation. Now, I did the range test on the Volvo C40, which I know it's not Polestar, um, but that was one of the few cars where I almost could not do the lane centering because it was so finicky and annoying. Mm-hmm. So 
hopefully this one works really well. It seems to be different and improved technology with even special LiDAR and everything. So, And it's powered by that fancy NVIDIA chipset, which they won't say what it is. I don't think it's a 4090, <laughs> but it's some NVIDIA automotive-specific thing that they're probably Maybe they're still about. figuring it out. Um, so, yeah. Should we talk about kind of the upgrades and, I guess, how you can configure it? Yeah, so fairly simple options, which is nice. I think Polestar always does a good job of that. You just have a expensive, right, that $83,500 starting price base that can be optioned uh, with the performance pack, with the uh, Plus, and with uh, Pilot. Uh, and they're all dual motors. Uh, yeah. And the range just kind of goes down if you get the performance pack, like we were mentioning earlier, from 300 to 270 uh, And I believe that's about it for options. Yeah, very and nice. And colors, very of course. You can choose um, the color you want. Yeah, and then it seems like a nice kind of lighter interior and also a darker interior. Uh, let's see if, is our configurator actually live? Looks like it. Yeah. Can we, well, let's order it right now. Where's yeah, the let's, perfect. Let's get, ours, let's get ours in, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, not, uh, just not the best specs, but honestly, I'll put up with mediocre specs for the right looking and equipped car. Um, the right because, looking and importantly, like the right dynamically and athletically, like the right sorted car. Like this seems to be super high performance, uh, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what. So their configurator is pretty slow. For reference, I have thousand up, thousand down internet, and it's just like clogging it up. Um, wow. Pink exterior on pink interior. Let's do this. <laughs> that, that's a choice. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Can we make a Polestar product look bad? <laughs> That's a good challenge. Uh, you can see there, uh, aside from the interior color options, you just scrolled. I think they had the uh, the options packages. So it looks like there's Pilot and then there's Pilot with LiDAR, which is like extra advanced. They're actually a partnership with Luminar, uh, which is a LiDAR company. Uh, so and if you, you like laser, if you that. like lasers, you can get a lot of those in this. Yeah, which is cool, but you can't yet order it. So can't even configure with that by the way if you are so long range dual motor performance eighty nine thousand nine hundred, and then if you want to pick a color 1300 is any color standard okay yeah magnesium is standard um honestly six thousand dollars for performance package it does feel like a lot because yeah you're getting 22 inch wheels that look better the pirelli tires the better yeah. tuned motors and the suspension but that's kind of it and if you want the Napa upgrade interior, talking other 5,500, things start adding up. Um, so it basically peaks at about $100,000, um, which on one hand, Polestar seems to be a pretty luxurious vehicle. Like every time I get in one, I'm like, wow, this is a great place to be. Mm -hmm. So they could justify it. Um, but like you said, I'll be curious to see how this compares to things like the Lyric or the Fisker Ocean, if that ever becomes a real thing. Uh, <laughs> Some people think this looks a lot like the Fisker Ocean. I'm not sure if it, I agree, but I, I can it, see it's... Yeah, it, it looks better, I think, but it's capturing some of the same dimensions. So I don't know. What, what are we missing? What's left to really consider with this thing? Well, I don't know. I, we just have, unfortunately, too long to wait before it comes out. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the specs is behind as some of them are. Mostly, they kind of intrigue me. I'm with you. I think the design is gorgeous. Uh, and then it's Polestar, so you can order directly from them. So none of the uh, you might be waiting a while, but none of the dealer markup and stuff that you're seeing right with uh, every other legacy auto brand. So I think yeah. 
that honest in my in my view the direct ordering process online and their uh, showrooms like they have one in denver that's a benefit people love that with tesla and yep. i love that polestar is doing it yeah so it is expensive but it's also cheaper than some teslas and some cars it's, it's just kind of that volvo and polestar have kind of always been in that middle ground of not the cheap economy things but also not the like most expensive premium brands they sit somewhere in the middle they're their own thing i think it does have a chance um, by the way i mentioned the light and dark interior here's a real like look at both the dark oh, ones i love the gold seat belts the gold seat really belts nice. are where yeah. it's at i mean that's perfect i wish you could like spec it any color like uh porsche but you know <laughs> <laughs> and also like such a clean instrument cluster like you were saying the ui in their cars is beautiful uh yeah. the typefaces everything it's very scandinavian i think it just it makes their interiors so nice yeah so i can't wait to do more deep dives obviously at this point technically they have unleashed all the information but it's still in some ways a concept because it hasn't been made yet. And as Kyle likes to point out, it doesn't exist until it's literally being sold to people and on the road because delays can happen. Who knows? An announcement's one thing, something in the hands of customers is another. So definitely yeah. let us know in the comments, tweet at us, do all the things. <laughs> um, let us know what you think of the Polestar 3 um, versus Polestar 2 versus some of the competition. Is anyone in the market for this and why? We'd love to know. Um, and hopefully we'll get some viewers and some people that receive them because we can't wait to test it. Hopefully we get one from Polestar themselves. But you know, sometimes we have to rely on viewers' cars, which a lot of you are gracious enough to give us the opportunity. So Upside is it keeps us independent though as well. Yeah. We don't I mean if we can work with Polestar and they want to give us the car early, that's great. But if a viewer wants to loan us their car like we did with the Lucid, we're happy to do that too. And we like reporting on viewers' experiences with ownership and ordering and receiving them because it's all the, the relationship starts early on. I mean, in the order process, and then we'll see how it goes later because we've seen some of that with Rivian. That's really a whole nother video topic, I think, for another time is the relationship built by the brand with the customer because we've seen mm -hmm. people love the Rivians but had horrible experiences with the personnel and then vice versa great experiences and then their truck breaks um so who knows but yeah i don't know if you have any final thoughts otherwise it's i'm intrigued i i agree with you i'm intrigued it's a weird slot in the market they're really going after performance which is interesting i kind of like it it's refreshing because everyone else wants to do luxury 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 uh so i like that there's just you know they're like you know what we don't care about off-road we don't care about uh, the fanciest luxury stuff. We're just giving you a very sporty SUV to kind of take on like in the gas world, uh, I guess a Macan or like a SQ8 or something. So I think it's awesome. Yeah, it, it is interesting that they're marking it as performance because I can already tell, I mean, we're doing this really early on, like right after they unveiled all this stuff, but I mm -hmm. know there's going to be headlines that are like, oh, it's pitched this performance, yet it's zero to 60 is bad and its horsepower is bad. Performance but... isn't a straight line, as you exactly. know with your Miata, right? It's the like it seems like they're taking the dynamics and all the non-straight line components very seriously, even if the zero to 60 isn't that impressive on yeah. paper. How does this carve a canyon? That's what I want to know. And we'll find out soon enough, hopefully. So can't wait. Till then, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. And again, let us know your thoughts and feelings. We'll be in the comments to console you or get excited with you either way we'll see you all in the next show very soon
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.